Welcome, friends, to the PW Fan. The PW Fan is a pro wrestling podcast created by fans for fans, and we appreciate you joining us today for episode five. I am your host, representing the old school wrestling fan and your favorite barber, Tim Gilbert. And I'm your host, the architect of wrestling podcasts, Andy. I'm also your host, the no-selling wrestling indie fan, Jeremy. All right, guys, we have another great show planned for you today. We're going to be talking about all things pro wrestling. A new feud begins on Rampage. Raw had a great main event. NXT had a great event. And, of course, we're going to do our weekly review of the AEW Dynamite Grand Slam show. Guys, let's jump right into Rampage from last week. So this week with Rampage, I want to go over the main event of the show. It was uh, Fuego del Sol versus Miro for the second time for the TNT Championship. The winner in the end was Miro. At the end, Miro attacked Fuego, and out comes his best friend Sammy Guevara to come help. It looks like that uh, feud between Sammy and Miro is now starting up. So we'll, we'll have to see where this goes, but we'll get more into that later. All right. Yeah, so that seems to be the big thing that happened on Rampage this week. Andy, what do you say we start talking about Raw? Before we get into the main event, because the main event was awesome this week, is there anything in particular that you want to talk about that happened on the show that also stood out to you? Yes. So first of all, Jeff Hardy uh, defeated Sheamus in order to be added to the United States Championship match at Extreme Rules this Sunday. So he'll be going against Sheamus and Damian Priest in a triple threat. We also saw the crowning of new women's tag team champions. It was Nikki Ash versus Rhea Ripley, and they defeated Natalia and Tamina. So congratulations to them. Yeah. Sheamus and Hardy had good chemistry. I ended, I ended up seeing the match. I uh, actually watched it. I think they had it on YouTube, uh, the full thing. And uh, I thought it was really good. Uh, they had a chemistry that I wasn't expecting. And Hardy had that weird match with Damian Priest from a couple weeks ago where it seemed a little uh, – something was off there with the timing, but Jeff looked really good in that match against Sheamus, so they work well together. Did you happen to see the match, Jeremy? Yeah, I think Sheamus, uh, whenever he gets – you know, he's been kind of injury-prone, I think, in the past few years especially, and ever since when he comes back and he's maintained his health, he, he does really well in all of the matches and I really enjoy them, so I feel like he's kind of hitting the stride in this uh, – point now yeah he's a very physical wrestler very uh very tough guy and you know he wrestles a very physical style and with that every now and then unfortunately probably comes some injuries i just want to know i want to know what you guys thought about jeff's swanton bomb off the top rope landing on sheamus's knees and just bounced right off it looked like it hurt so bad yeah it looked like it hurt that's the swanton's from jeff when he's i don't know how old is he now Almost 40, or is he? Uh, I think he's like 43 or something like that. Yeah, those swantons in his 40s, he just lands them like right on the person. Not even trying to have any give anymore. (laughs) So, like, it's going to hurt every time. Yeah, no, so I had read a while ago, this was about, I want to say three years ago. He, He stopped rolling out of it because it would hurt him more, so now he just drops on top of them. And... Carl Anderson actually said one time that Jeff Hardy's like the heaviest 225-pound guy he's ever wrestled because of that Swanton bomb. Yeah, I think he said it was like 
This is before Jericho said that the one wing angel was the roughest, but I remember him saying that Jeff Hardy's swanton was the stiffest move in the business. <laughs> he's like, he's like, he just crush, he just crushes you. <laughs> yeah, it just it drops straight down. But moving on, do you guys want to get to that main event? It was Biggie versus Bobby Lashley versus Roman Reigns. The bloodline had come over from SmackDown to invade Raw and in the beginning of the night go against the New Day. But this eventually turned into a triple threat match for the main event of those three. What do you guys think? Winner was Roman Reigns. Jeremy, you go first on this one. Yeah, I'm so glad that Biggie's getting these chances now in the main event. Uh, he's really always happy been for a great wrestler like this. And it's so nice to see him and Roman and even like Bobby Lashley because... He's had like a great run this past year, so all of those three guys, and I'm kind of glad they're kind of not doing the brand split as much anymore. Hopefully, that's where they're going because I feel like it always hinders WWE more than it's uh, positive wise. And so, yeah, I think the star of this match to me was a uh, Biggie. Well, speaking of the brand split, I wonder if it has to be separate because they're on two different channels. You know, you have USA for. Oh, uh, that's right. Yeah. And then Fox for SmackDown. But the draft is coming up, so we'll have to see what, what they're doing with that. I love the match. It blew my it blew away my expectations, but I shouldn't have been surprised because all three of the people in the match are excellent. My thing is I'm just not a huge triple threat guy, but uh, I do have a couple favorite triple threat matches. Uh, Sean, uh, Shawn Michaels, that is. Shawn Michaels, Triple H, and Chris Benoit for the World Heavyweight Title at WrestleMania 20. That's one of my favorite, one of my favorite triple threats. And this one, I gotta say, this one probably ranks right up there. Um, this was fun, and I really enjoyed it. I also think there's one between Triple H, Jeff Hardy, and Edge from, gosh, it's maybe 2006, maybe 2007. I think it was No Mercy though, right? Jeff yeah, won the, the championship. It's the first time Jeff won the title. I believe so. Yeah, that was that was a good one. Uh, so I really enjoyed that one too. But I'd rank this one up there. And Biggie is awesome. He's really grown on me outside of just like the New Day thing. I never didn't not like the New Day. That's just not my type of thing. Not my type of wrestling. I'm more of like uh, the blood and guts, old school, very serious wrestling. But I know that Biggie. Everybody loves him behind the scenes, and he he's a great in ring competitor. He's in great shape. He, I was watching the way he was moving. He's just so smooth. Like everything he does is very smooth, and he looks powerful. He might have technically been the shortest guy in the match. I noticed that, which is like odd because he's huge. But he definitely seemed like one of the most powerful guys in the match. He was throwing everybody around. And Bobby Lashley, let me just add something about Bobby Lashley. He is better than ever. Like I don't know how old he is right now. What is he like mid forties probably? But he's better now. Then I remember him in 2006. Yeah, this recent looked, run, this recent run with him has been great. I mean, he's and been he really looks, good. yeah, he looks exactly the same. It's incredible. Yeah. Like he's he is frozen in time. Well, Stone Cold but, and him had a Stone Cold and him had a broken skull sessions recently, and uh, I'm pretty sure Stone Cold mentions that he's like, "You don't age." Do you? <laughs> he's like, "You look great still to this day." Oh my god, it's like literally like nothing has changed about his body at all. It's crazy. He's as ripped as ever. So, all right, now that we've talked about that main event, what do we got coming up next, guys? Was it NXT 2.0? All right, let's it. get into it. 
So from the show, there was lots of new faces they introduced this show. Uh, unlike last week where they introduced a couple, this one it seemed more new face filled than uh, re- recurring stars. A couple of names that you didn't see before is Grayson Waller, Dante Chen made his debut, Andre Chase, Joe Gacy, just a you know, throwing out a couple of names that I noticed were, you know, fresh faces. On the show, though, we saw the crowning of a new Cruiserweight champion. Roderick Strong defeated Kushida and became new NXT Cruiserweight champion. Congratulations to him. I uh, can't... Well, hang on. Hang on. What do you think about Roderick Strong? I, I When I saw him post about this, he said, I'm going to go for the Cruiserweight title. And my only concern that has happened in the past, not so much recently, is once you say, you know, I'm a cruiserweight guy, there becomes an association again that you're small. And I I just get I honestly don't like the term cruiserweight. I would prefer like even light heavyweight. Something cruiserweight just makes me feel like like I, I was a big WCW fan growing up, and it just makes me think of luchadors and smaller guys in general. And Roderick Strong, he's a great wrestler, and he can wrestle big. He can wrestle powerful guys. Um, I know it's just a term, but what do you guys think about him maybe, or not just him, them making other people that are his size possibly becoming quote-unquote cruiserweight division people? For me... It doesn't bother me as much as, say, if it was still on the 205 Live show. It's been treated a lot better since moving to NXT. You've seen some really good champions, such as Jordan Devlin. He's awesome wrestler from the NXT UK. Came out for a little bit. Had to relinquish it during pandemic uh, times. And Phantasma ended up picking it up. That helped him grow into a star. And now I believe he's in one of the top storylines every week. So we'll have to see what they do with Roderick Strong. They've never really pushed him to the main title picture, so I don't know where else he would have gone besides this or get lost in the shuffle. Well, I I used to watch Roderick Strong in Ring of Honor, and he didn't cut a very good promo back then, and he cuts a pretty good one now. So I think he's added a whole new level to his game and then he was in the Undisputed Era and had a lot of excellent matches. So I hope that he finally gets his time to shine on his own a little bit. And Because he is getting older. So before he starts to get into the later parts of his career, I'd like to see him do a few more things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was kind of agree with that because I got kind of concerned if when WWE moves, to, especially WWE, when they move someone to that cruiserweight status because... To them, that's they're never going to be in that main event for the title again, like in, in the NXT title at least. So I, I mean, I was kind of hoping that Ro- Roger was strong because to me he was getting better uh, as time went on for for NXT. But I don't know. Hopefully he gets the cruiserweight title at least, and then it kind of makes himself known. Correct me if I'm wrong, but the current North American champion is Isaiah Swerve Scott. At one point, I believe he was going for the cruiserweight title. Before before he was North American champion, 
he was going for the cruiserweight title. And he was able to move up, so I don't I don't know if they might be treating cruiserweights a little differently in NXT than past years. I, I think I think with the now MMA being so popular and there are fighters who have moved around in different weight classes, it's not so hard to suspend. And I know I was the one just kind of like, I don't want to say complaining about it, but I, I was the one concerned. But I guess I was just thinking about it and... There are fighters who do move around weight classes, so it's not so hard to suspend dis- disbelief that, okay, I'm wrestling for the cruiserweight title, but maybe next year I quote-unquote bulk up and wrestle for a different one. You know what I mean? I remember Matt Hardy in like 2002 had, had to do this thing where he had to get below 210 pounds in order to right. face Rey Mysterio. He had a great run, though. That title. run was, Actually, was I did awesome. Lo- I did love that storyline. I remember he was on the uh, the... Workout bike with like a trash bag on, trying to sweat. There was like a vignette. Yeah, dude, I, that's one of my favorite Matt Hardy. Uh, that's an underrated. Hated him as a kid, but to be honest looking back, it, it was fun. I mean, he played the heel very well, and I think I just liked Rey Mysterio so much. I hated Matt Hardy. Yeah, Matt. Matt doesn't like mustard. It's a classic. <laughs> it's better than Big Money Matt right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not my favorite. <laughs> See, people say that we don't like everything, or, or that we like everything. I, I, I think that there are some things that we're like, yeah, it it's not my favorite thing. Well, this was actually something that you had brought up, and I guess none of us noticed it uh, the first week of the remake or facelift of NXT last week. But you had mentioned to me this week that in the setup for the audience, there are no more guardrails. I've never seen this in wrestling unless it's, like, bar wrestling or something like that, you know? It's just, like, stands around the ring, right? Like, it's glass, like, it looks like glass, like, hockey glass, but, like, not, like, the old NXT. Like, this is, like, basically, it is a guardrail, but not the kind of guardrail that you can do any sort of maneuvers on or wrestling moves. Like, you can't use it as as a spot in your match is what I'm trying to say. Are they able to throw people into I, it? Just no standing on they it. They probably, I no going over it. I don't think so. Don't like think so. it, relook at it. It's very. I'm not saying. Yeah, I'll have to. I'll have to take another look. It looks cool. Like it, the show itself is bright and colorful. And I was really watching it, and I was like, you know what? If they, it's growing on me. Yeah. If they don't totally make this like the Disney Channel, which I heard, and we'll touch on it that Vince wants to make NXT edgy or something like that. He wants to, like, start pushing it to be edgy, like, early, not early, but, like, 90s wrestling with, like, innuendos and different things. So it but wasn't that what Triple H was doing in NXT? That's what I thought. <laughs> well, <laughs> I wonder like... how risque Vince would like it to be. I don't want it to be, like, trash TV, you know? Like, that would be a shame. I don't think like some Jerry. Springer I don't think people stuff. really want that anymore. You know, that was a phase in the late '90s where just people wanted really gnarly television, especially not in a political, politically correct culture. That will not fly nowadays. Yeah, but now that you said about that guardrails, that's all I can think about when I watch it. Now. It's so weird. It's like there's no guardrails. Yeah, because you mentioned it after the show had gone off there. So now next week I have to really pay attention, and I just didn't even. It didn't even. You know, crossed my mind when I was watching. There was a spot in the main event because I know we're about to talk about it, where I think it was Champa was like he wanted to go for something, 
and he looked like he was going to like do the thing where you throw the guy into the guardrail and then he I saw him stop and he like talked to can't remember if it was Pete Dunn or somebody he, like you could see him talk for a second and I just wonder if he was telling him like oh shit there's no guardrail there we can't do that never mind can't do that yeah spot. he just throws him back in, and then he literally just throws him back into the ring so speak of the main event that you said you wanted to get into the main event of the night was a tag match it was Pete Dunn with Ridge Holland against Tommaso Ciampa and Braun Breaker they really seem to be pushing Braun Breaker he's killing right it now. He, he's He's the one that got uh, got the finish in the match, I believe, to Ridge Holland. I don't remember what his move was called, but he, he put him up over his head, dropped him down onto his shoulders, and flipped him forward. So if you can picture that, or maybe if you've seen the match, you'll know what I'm talking about. But he got the he got the pin in the end, and Ridge Holland's a big guy. He just scooped that dude over his head. Did you notice? So I, I I like the match. Did you notice that when Champa Champa? When Champa and Pete Dunne got in the ring, immediately the pace of the match and the intensity picked up, like like heavy hitting. It was almost like a it like felt like an MMA fight. Like it just had like this intensity about it. But Braun, the other two guys are just massive, right? Dudes. Which was that was cool. And then you have these smaller guys that can, that are very fast. Yeah. So it was a nice nice mix, like one big guy, one more quick guy on each team. Yeah, you had that power, the two power wrestlers, you know, classic tag team, and then you got your guy who does all your moves and the flying and the more Almost like a Brett, you know, the Hart Foundation, almost like that, you know. Yeah, Jim Neidhart and Brett. Yeah, I thought it was a good main event. Yeah, it was really good. The thing that kind of annoys me now is, like, seeing Breaker, Braun Breaker wrestle, is that he even wrestles, like, a Steiner. Yeah. So the fact that he looks like one and dresses like one, even that's the only thing that bothers like me is that yeah, they don't like, just use call him the Steiner. Steiner. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I mean, the name kind of sucks, but man, he's kind of sick though. Like I was like, Braun this Breaker, guy's like, I like he's him. grown. I was like, this guy's kind of awesome. If they would just let him be it a- in one yeah. whole week, he he grew me, just- and it looks like he's eyeing he's eyeing Tommaso's championship. If they would just let him use his real name, I feel like, or at least something <laughs> similar, we would be a lot better off. But. All right, so we've covered that's so that's NXT in a nutshell. The show was pretty excellent. I, I enjoyed it. A strong second episode of NXT point NXT two point So up next we had what was it, Andy? Uh, we can get into our weekly dynamite. Yeah, our yeah. Let's go through our weekly dynamite Grand Slam card. And uh, this was a big one. It felt like a free pay-per-view on TV. Andy, you have all the notes. Do you want to take us from the top, and we'll get into it like how we normally do? Works for me. So before we kick in to the actual show itself, I read it was the third largest non-WWE pro wrestling event in American history. It sold over 20,000 tickets. The entire uh, Arthur Ashe Arena, or stadium is what it's called, was sold out. Apparently the staff was overwhelmed and was not expecting. They weren't prepared for it, you know, to be that crazy of an event. I did read. I did read about that. Now I don't know this what the according, other non-wrestling. This is according to people who were there, I saw live tweets. Yeah. Of saying that they were in line, and that the line for like a hot dog and a soda was like unbelievably long. Yeah, they just. Were but not hey, ready what can you it. do? You know, next time they go there, they'll get it right. I'm sure. So this being the third largest non-WWE event, 
I don't know what the other two are. I don't know if you guys. I don't know. Was maybe all in one of them? I think it was like this size of a crowd was this WCW event. I think it was in '99. Ooh, okay. That might. Be. Yeah, this is, there's two others was, that are not WWE, but I couldn't find out what they were. Interesting. Yeah, we'll have to do that on Good Housekeeping next week. So getting into this show. What an, open, what an opener for a match. Do we? All right, let's just get this out of the way. Five stars. Are you guys agree? Yes or no? This match? The <laughs> yeah. opening match? Yeah. It was amazing. Yeah. It. I mean... Was, New li- new listeners, just know we don't do over five stars. I know Meltzer does seven now, but we just do the old ranking system, and we don't do quarters. And and I don't think I don't think it's just us that thought that this was you no, know, an amazing was, match. The finish. I, I get why they did. Why it. We'll get I into get it the, though. Yeah. All right. Take us. Through. I'm sorry. Take us. All right. Through. So, <laughs> so the mat- the show opened up with Kenny Omega versus Brian Danielson. Fantastic match. Brian uh, worked on Kenny's left arm for a little bit throughout it. It didn't feel choreographed at all. It it just it was a solid, just really good storytelling, really good wrestling match. Both guys are just amazing. To me, it lived up to the expectations, and I'm really happy for that. Sometimes you know you can you can get two guys together and you think it's going to be good, but it just maybe they don't mesh well or or something but these two together was very very good there was no winner it was a considered a draw due to the time limit even after the bell rang danielson keeps fighting uh kenny for a little bit out come the young bucks and adam cole to help out kenny they beat up brian danielson for a second in the corner then come out christian cage jungle boy and luchasaurus to come help out danielson probably going to set up a six-man tag match in the future but that's not the takeaway from this the takeaway was just how amazing of a match this was yeah i think that they actually have one on rampages young bucks adam cole and uh dress express and christian cage yes for tomorrow night yeah but yeah this match was like you said, five stars. I mean, I thought this was going to be the main event. And they started As did I. Which, I was really surprised. <laughs> which just got me so hyped when I started watching uh, Dynamite. And one of my favorite parts is when the bell rings in the very beginning and the crowd just goes nuts for two straight minutes. And all they do have to do is just stand there. That was awesome. Yeah. I love that. And you can see like, Brian's face. He was so pumped for it, too. I know Kenny was, was supposed to, to be the heel, but he was looking around. Did you? See? He wanted yeah. to look. He wanted to look at the crowd, but he had to like pretend like he didn't care. Yeah, <laughs> Brian looked happy to be in there yeah. and to be wrestling, just like his style. Yeah, and not so protected, and a guy he's never he's never wrestled before. Which I've I've heard him say, you know, that's kind of part of the excitement of it is wrestling guys you know he think would be cool to get in the ring with so you could tell he was really happy to be there it was cool to see there was a couple of spots that like i got nervous for brian but i know like it's because of WWE being so protective over over him before it's like you think he can't do this do these things anymore 
But when he took those like backdrops off the top rope, the avalanche snapdragon the, uh... suplex off the top, <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, that so was like me. it seemed like it, you know, landed straight on his neck. But then you know, apparently he ended up being fine backstage, and even people thought they were concerned about his wrist, but he was just really good at, you know, acting or selling the the wrist. When they did, when Kenny gave him the snapdragon on the ramp, that made me nervous. Yeah. That's that's on like plus last basically. Yeah, and there wasn't a lot of room for error there. What did it, what move was that that he did? It was where he does the reverse hurricanrana into that like tombstone. Oh, yeah, yeah. He where the hurricanrana instead they're both facing the same direction instead of. Uh, yeah, I almost said Canadian. I almost said Canadian destroyer, but. It's I know, like I know what move, you're talking about. It's mi- it's that mixed with like something else, basically. It's a hard move to describe to people. I forgot how excellent. he got up there. I don't know if he got up there because he was gonna Kenny was gonna do a one wing angel, and uh, Brian turned it around. But yeah, I know exactly what movie you're talking about. And I don't think I've ever seen him do that in WWE, at least in recent years. I loved how he started. Basically, after the bell rang, even though the crowd was upset and booing, they just kept fighting. Like, it was like one of those MMA fights where, like, the ref's like, no, man, it's over. And they just are like, no, it's not done yet. And they just are going to keep going. I, I was, like, totally invested. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't wait to see more. I never thought a match of the year could end in a draw. But this could be a match of the year. It's one of those matches, I realized when I was watching it, that if I thought about it, I would I would have been like, yeah, that was really cool. But until seeing it, I didn't know I needed it. <laughs> if you guys know what I oh, mean. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's Andy. That's the type of stuff we used to talk about. Like, wouldn't that be cool if, like, the Bullet Club guys, like, came to WWE? Remember that kind of stuff? And <laughs> yeah, then, yeah. Now it's like, you know, it's not WWE. It's a completely different company, which is even cooler in a weird way. Uh, it's like, it's like yeah, playing the God, GM awesome. mode on video game yeah Yeah, fantasy booking tony khan's doing like gm mode (laughs) he's just on a video game right now just making dream matches but in real life i thought one of the tough spot was going to be when they had to go to commercial especially during a match like this but after that spot where you're like kenny did that sprint to the v trigger and it was kind of perfectly played because for like I think it was ninety second commercial break, they basically like Brian was just on the outside and then Kenny was taunting the crowd or you know picked off threw him in the ring and that was about it, which was didn't seem like you missed really anything or any of the flow of the match at all. I think we're gonna see them wrestle again eventually. I think it's gonna be a little while, but it was nice they gave us a little you know tease of it. Yeah, it was a free preview. Exactly. What's well, good? Exactly. We saw it right, so now maybe Hangman comes back. And the crowd is more accepting, not accepting, because people are going to be hyped that he comes back. But it's like, okay, we, you got to see the Brian Danielson, Kenny Omega match. Now let's kind of get back to like where we were before all these names showed up here. Because I really want Hangman to get that that title after all this build. Yeah, did he ever? have his match i don't remember with kenny for the title i thought he did and he lost but they kept the feud going and then he went away no because they uh did that tag with the dark order and then they lost that that tag match oh and that the the stipulation was like 
if he won, he got the. Yeah, was he would get a title shot if okay. they won? Yeah, then it would make sense to bring him back into the title picture and see. You know, he's super popular with the crowd, so we'll have to see where that goes. Yeah, he was on fire before he left. He's one of those guys that you know that's their quote unquote homegrown talent. Mm-hmm. Where I don't want to, I don't want to see him get lost in the shuffle because all the big, you know, stars from the other company are showing up. I agree. I agree. Him and Darby seem like two guys. That I would consider Darby homegrown as well. Day one. Well, there's there's a big trend on Twitter of that I'm watching from our Twitter that all these AEW guys are tweeting that. You know, just in case anybody's wondering, we are homegrown AEW talent, and people were other AEW people were like retweeting it and stuff. So there's like a movement. I guess somebody questioned it, and then everybody's like, "No, I'm definitely an AEW homegrown talent." So what was after the opening match? So after Kenny Omega versus Brian Danielson, CM Punk had a in-ring segment where he got it on the mic. First of all, one of the first things he said was, I feel bad for everyone else on the card. How are you going to follow that? Which the crowd didn't The crowd didn't really know what to make of that. I kind of agree with. I mean, I, I like the rest of the card, but man, like, I don't know if I might have liked him more than I did if that match hadn't have happened yet. You know, the crowd and myself were just so hot for that first match. Yeah, it was kind of an awkward pause when after he said that, and he said it again. Yeah. And then and people then were still, still like, silent, okay. and then they started chanting CM Punk. <laughs> so, after saying that... They're like, we don't want to hear you, we don't want to hear you being nice. We just, they're like, let's just chant your name and come on. Well, that's what that <laughs> yeah. led to, was him, you know, having more of an attitude than he's shown uh, since coming to AEW. He got hot on the mic about what happened... What was it, Rampage last week? Or was it Dynamite when he was on commentary and was attacked by Hobbs and Team Taz? Dynamite. So, he was on the mic saying, you know, he's like, you want angry CM Punk? He's like, basically, you know, you're getting them. And this is all setting up for their match tomorrow night, or if you're listening right now, it's tonight on Rampage between CM Punk and Powerhouse Hobbs. What do you guys think of the segment? I thought it was good for what it was i mean punk's always good on the mic it was definitely hard to follow this match just because the crowd i think was exhausted from the first 30 minutes of it um but yeah i think it was a good idea to have punk because i don't think anyone else coming out if you did uh you know the mjf brian Pillman match which followed that followed punk if they did that in between uh before punk i don't think uh they would have gotten much reaction at all yeah and I got to say, it's hard for me a little bit to get into this whole CM Punk versus Team Taz feud, but the emotion that he showed in the promo yesterday made me buy into it way more. Because even though... Yes, and now and now I know, okay, if he can he do this switch, with Team Taz and you know Hook and Hobbs, he can definitely do it when he has like a feud with... Kenny Omega or I mean literally anybody else on that roster if if he can do that for this feud I mean think about what he's going to do when we're like working to something huge he said on the mic he said this shit is mine again claiming that ring 
That was a great line. He's ready for it. He wants it. Hungry. And you know what? We understand that uh, the show Rampage is taped, so if you're listening on Friday and we're all going to watch tonight, CM Punk is technically already wrestled. Don't be the guy who tweets the spoilers. Come on, guys. Let's be better than that. I do think that hurts Rampage like in terms of ratings and just viewership. It's like whenever you tape something, people can find out who wins. It's like not going to be... I'm I'm avoiding... I will not be on the PW fan Twitter for the next few days because I don't want to know. I I know it'll get ruined because somebody will be that person and post it. Do they record it the same night as Dynamite, like after the Dynamite show? Yeah. So CM Punk did that segment and then later in the night after the main event eventually wrestled the same night? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so think about also how sure fatigued the order. that crowd is. Think about how also how that fatigue yeah. that crowd is is going to be by the end of Rampage. That's the one I, I, part I was worried about because that's a five-hour five show then. If it's two hours of Rampage, two hours of Dynamite, and then they film Dark Elevation. Oh, for them. <laughs> so that's a lot of TV. It's like going to a UFC a fight live. I mean, but it's, I also, it's a long show. But I'm not going to lie. If, I would love to do that. I would I'd love to be there for all of it the whole time. Yeah. So after the CM Punk segment, we had a match. It was MJF versus Brian Pillman Jr. Took a couple notes on it saying that, you know, MJF made Pillman look good. Pillman's still green, but and you, at times you can tell with some of his matches, but MJF made him look really good, but one day he'll be he'll be a top star, I I believe. They played the roles very well as babyface and heel. I love to hate MGF, and the crowd l- lately has been really behind Brian Pillman Jr. In the end, the winner was MJF by using the salt of the earth submission. One of my favorite things about MJF and this being in, in New York, uh, which I'm kind of curious to see how what happens in the Long Island show, because he's from Long Island, if they're going to boo him or if he's just going to for some reason get cheered there because it's hometown uh but his parents were, were actually there and they had those signs you see like, the sign mjf too <laughs> where's parents where mjf's parents that we yeah. had or something like that was their sign he retweet he retweeted it and said fuck off mom <laughs> it was like the best heel ever <laughs> uh, but- did you guys like the match though what do you think of brian pillman jr his future yeah I like the match. Um, I do think Brian Pillman Jr. still has like kind of a ways to go to be in the main event. Uh, but another homegrown guy. Yeah, like we were. Yeah, saying. I'm glad that he is getting uh, get there. TV time at least, not not on dark or elevation anymore. Because uh, I do think he is he's a very good uh, wrestler and also just um, a presence, just like uh, kind of like his dad too, that he has. I like that he's getting a singles push. Kind of helps him break out of that. It's cool to see. Uh, you know, like Tim doesn't like the like the high school character. <laughs> yeah, the varsity blondes. He doesn't like the high school cheerleading jock squad. Yeah, when she when Julia Hart walked out with him, I was like, oh come on! I thought we were getting away from this. But yeah, did she have pom poms? Yes. Yeah, she did. Oh. So I like the match. Anyway. Out <laughs> I like the match too, but I mean, look, we just saw two of the best wrestlers in the world put on in an incredible match, and then your green wrestler going out and having to quote unquote follow that. I thought 
Brian Pillman Jr. did a really great job. In comparison to what we saw beforehand, yes. I You obviously are going to notice some glaring things. You're going to notice some glaring things. The theme of the show is, like, yeah. the matches were good, but after seeing that first match, you're going to, you know, really see the difference between, you know, a good average match and an excellent one like the Yeah, and MJF won, as he should have, because he should not lose anymore. He's had to do all the Jericho stuff, and I, I just think that he needs to be on his own, or at least, you know, with Wardlow. And just keep winning until somebody is that person to finally to to finally get him and to take him down. But right now, I'm think he's I think he's doing exactly what he should be doing. So what was next after that? So we had a backstage interview. Uh, Alex Marvez interviewed Chris Jericho and Jake Hager, talking about I believe they have a match on Rampage coming up against Scorpio Sky and. All Ego, Ethan Page. So they were talking some trash to Dan Lambert of America Top Team, and um, I guess I guess their team name is called Men of the Year now. But it was just their way of, you know, selling the match for tomorrow night's Rampage. After that, we had Malachi Black versus Cody Rhodes coming out with Brandy and Arn Anderson. I want to say I enjoyed the match much more than their first one. It was a lot longer. Uh, Cody actually got some stuff in this time around. I know you don't like it, Tim, but Black was back to wearing his his shorts. I'm okay his, with like, it. I, I, I'm over the shorts. I'm over the shorts. It looked like he like added he added like some that. sort of design or something. Yeah, I think they were just straight up plain black originally. The original ones like, looks like I got them from Dick Sporting Goods. That's why it just yeah, like yeah. took me out of it a little bit. Uh, the crowd was into the match a lot. <laughs> Cody worked Black's left leg for a while. In the end, the winner was Malachi Black. Cody shoved the ref while the ref was distracted. Black spits some kind of black mist in Cody's face and rolls him up for the pin. The finish surprised me, but I don't absolutely hate it. I just like seeing that black mass kick. I just want to throw out there real quick, because people are going to be like, oh my god, that's such 2021 wrestling fan to say that the shorts bother you. No, I'm just saying, I like to get into the character, right? And this guy, you know, he's supposed to be, I don't want to say he's otherworldly or supernatural, but he's this mysterious character, and he gives off this, like, really cool vibe. I don't want to think about him going into, like, the department store buying basketball shorts so he could like wear them to the ring it just takes me out of it a little bit but i also know he loves to grapple and doesn't he do mma stuff with punk in real life yeah there's pictures of him yeah there's pictures of him training at rufus i get it he likes it he likes the culture he wants to incorporate it into his his look i understand it is it is confusing though because he's switching off between you know the underwear tights and the shorts. Well, maybe he's trying to figure out what he feels comfortable with. Because he's only I, worn the shorts around co- with Cody. That's the only two times he's worn them. I did notice what you said about the face paint, Andy. I looked for it this time. It's starting to go. Now over. you're not going to be able to not see it. Yeah, I swear. It's it's, in, it's increasing cover. every time. It used to just be the eye. And now he has like, some red contact in his the eye, which I, I don't know if we've ever mentioned it. I always thought it was cool that they continu- he continued that from Seth Rollins and WWE injuring his eye and just brought it over and K- made K-Fabe. actually did something with it though kayfabe's not <laughs> <No>. dead brother <laughs> <There you go. laughs> 
But yeah, now now I can't unsee the the face paint changing every week though. You'll just see it increasing. It it yeah. it's starting to it's just like go half around. its face though. Yeah. Are we not gonna talk about how Cody's cape? What about Cody's cape? Hang on one second. That was like twenty feet long. That was ridiculous. <laughs> What's ridiculous also is like I'm so tired of his red, white, and blue outfit. Yeah. Like he's like Captain America or something coming down. Just simple his night is. You know, Nightmare Factory symbols red, white, and blue. Also, isn't his tattoo yeah. red, white, and blue? It's coming out like oh, freaking George Washington up in here in the Revolutionary <laughs> War. It reminds me of. Uh, I think. Did, it's, did you notice that when he brought Brandy out, she came out of the heel tunnel? No, I, I don't think. I mean, it, it didn't like register with me. Yeah, because like he went to Arn, and Arn came out like the same tunnel. Or well, Cody comes out in the middle, but Arn came out of the babyface tunnel. And then Brandy came out of the heel tunnel because I think she, when she left, she was a heel. I think she was. I don't know, but she did also did that spot with with Malachi Black, and she sat in the ring. She, you're right. She was off. a heel. She was doing the I forget what their name was, but she was cutting people's hair. Oh, with <laughs> with like Nyla <laughs> Rose <laughs> and stuff. Yeah. She had her yeah, own uh, side team, and then she got pregnant, and then just completely went off TV, and that whole storyline got scrapped. Yeah, yeah, I remember each week she was cutting off like pieces of girl's hair. One girl ended up like shaving yeah. her head and like joining. Her. I don't know, it was weird. Yeah. Early days but of anyways. AW. Early days of AW. I think the people are gonna turn on Cody, man. I think that I think or either that or he's turning heel. It's coming. They were chanting for Malachi. Well, they, are, they, are you know, they love Black too much, at least with. He's yeah. too. He's too wonderbred. People aren't feeling it. I loved. I liked Ring of Honor Cody when he was like rocking the leather jacket. He had the same song, but like he was like more like Bullet Club Cody. Yeah, he wasn't like Amer- Captain America. He was more like mm-hmm. like I'm a rich jerk kind of guy. You know, Coming out with the cigars. Like when, when yeah, AEW started. that was sweet. That was sweet. Yeah, like how he was when it first started. Before he became Captain America, it it, it all went downhill once it did that. Uh, was it, who's the British guy's name that he wrestled? Anthony Ogogo. You mean that guy that we literally never saw again? <laughs> yeah, that he beat. <laughs> yeah, that was the, that was the turning point when he went into that American like, I am like I have to fight for the flag and now I'm gonna wear it, and now he just wears. They this, made uh, that out to be the biggest deal. That's so silly. Yeah. That's the only thing. Well, not and the only he... thing, but that's the one of the only things AEW did where I was like, yeah. <laughs> but then there was the, then there was the match with Brody Lee where he randomly came back after filming Go Big Show the first time, and he has black hair and he's goth Cody. Yeah, basically, <laughs> oh like, he had that for like. Cody's and he had it for one match, and then the next week he was back to blonde. Oh. But he had to go into his inner demon self and <laughs> to beat Brody yeah. Lee. Yeah, that was interesting. But so so after after the Malachi Black and Cody Rhodes match, unless you guys have more to say about it, but no, I, I, I mean, really good match. I thought the match was good. Yeah, I mean, I hope I hope we kind of move past this now. But yeah, I, I'm wondering if if this is the end of their feud. If so, I'm wondering who they pair Malachi Black with next. Is this the blow off match, or do I you think they get it, one though. more out of it? I mean, how much? There's no more family for him to beat up. No more nightmare family for him to, for Cody to get revenge on. Ooh, what do yeah, you think about Cody, Cody pushing Arn? 
Cody pushed Arn, and then Arn was like, "Get back over there! Don't worry about me." I love that. Was he pushing Arn or trying to check up on him? Sorry, I'm fine. Get back in. Yeah, he was checking on Arn, and Arn pushed Cody. Well, so that spot actually, Arn actually slipped off the apron, like. Yeah, they didn't show it, but uh, the commentators uh, mentioned it. Yeah, like he fell down. All the fans were like, "Oh, he slipped off the apron." (laughs) So Arn in real. So he probably was like kind of. I don't know if he actually like, got hurt, but yeah, he fell. Yeah. He took a tumble. But I wonder if Arn, Arn, either either Arn's that good where he said, "Don't worry about me, get back in there," or if he got a little hot for a second. I think he called an audible. I really yeah. do. I was just like, yeah, nah. Well, he Arn's, slipped, Arn's and then the he got back up on the apron. Yeah. Yeah, he got right back up. Well, I'm sure. I'm sure Arn didn't like Cody drawing attention to it. I remember after uh, Malachi Black. I think this is the first time he's done an AEW. Did his backflip off the middle rope and sat down. Brainy Roods gets in, sits yeah. down, flicks him off and says, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You can read her lips perfectly uh, on live TV. So I just thought that was a little funny. Yeah, and then the crowd booed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, they're too hot for Malachi Black right now. Even though Cody is technically the good guy, like, they just, you know, they love Black too much. Moving on, though, after that match, we had a video package of Miro and Sammy Guevara. So we were right, though, to assume from Rampage when Sammy had saved Fuego del Sol that this was setting up a feud between Miro and him. I'm actually really excited for it. I like Sammy Guevara a lot. I think he's awesome. Yeah, he's I look really at grown on me. I look at him as another homegrown guy. Uh, I remember liking him in the beginning, but then he was paired with the inner circle, and you're not really supposed to like him, so I didn't. But I was told he was very good. And so he's he's a guy, and the fans are also really behind him. He's a guy I could see uh, taking the title from Miro and people being fine with it. Oh, yeah. I just wish there was a little bit more build to this. Yeah. So we'll see where it goes. I don't think they've set a date for a title match or anything. I'm not sure. I think it's Maybe next week. Have. Is it? Is it a title match, though, or is it just a match? I think it's a title match. Hmm. Well, I guess we'll have to come back next week and see what we thought, <laughs> if that is the case. Next match, we had Sting and Darby Allin teaming up against FTR. FTR comes out. Dude, Sting rules. Sting is the man. Sting is the man. That crossbody that he did, he's 62 years I, old. I was very surprised was awesome. by that, and I, it sounded like the crowd was, too. FTR came out wearing NWO-inspired gear. I don't know if it was a, a dig at Sting, you know, trying to get under his skin. And X- Excalibur uh, was Dar- trying so hard to how to describe it, but not say NWO. <laughs> I was like, why are you just say it? <laughs> He's like, it's a faction from the 90s. I don't get why not, though. Uh, I mean, TNT, it was on TNT, but it, I wonder if it was because technically WWE owns Yeah, I think it's because they own it. Now. That's their intellectual property. Yeah, yeah they purchased it. I also noticed Starby and Sting's face paint was smudged slash, like, faded. It looked like, you know, it was a, some continuity. Fr- continuity. Let me redo that. <laughs> looked like it was some continuity from last week's, uh, I think it was Rampage, I want to say, when FTR, or maybe it was Dynamite, but last week FTR wiped off both of their face paints. And so I don't know if they just continued with that storyline, but... Literally, the top half of Sting's face paint was, like, smudged. Some of it was in the beginning of his hairline. 
Yeah, it made him look in the end. The winners crazy by the end of the match. <laughs> yeah, he did. Like the mad scientist yeah. with like white in his hair and stuff. Hmm. In the in the end, the winners were Sting and Darby Allen by submission from a Scorpion Deathlock on Dax Hardwood. That was a good match. Finish. Sting. Uh, Sting, I feel like, did a little bit more than he usually has been doing lately, but I think he looked okay. I still get scared, though, when I watch him wrestle ever since. It makes me nervous. Ever Darby, since you know, getting call, injured by Dar- Seth. Darby's coffin drop makes me nervous. Yeah, he did one to the outside, and they caught him in this match. Yeah, I get that was nervous. Cool. Like I remember that spot with Darby and Cody, and Darby did on the outside, and he, Cody moved, and he hit straight on the edge of the apron. Like, that was the first dynamite, wasn't it? I think it was either that or it was like one of the fighter fests or something, but uh Or maybe their first like little pay per view. Yeah. But that one like After I, could, I felt that one like <laughs> on my back too. Yeah, it was the it was the first time we ever saw Darby Allen before That's right, yeah. like the audience. And I I remember thinking like like this dude's freaking crazy, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh but yeah, I, I like the match. What'd you guys think of the match though? I don't want to see Tully and Sting wrestle. I don't. Yeah, no, please, please don't see that. Um, I was surprised at how much Sting did. I mean, I know he's 62, and he's like, I think that it just shows if you give wrestlers time off, and he don't do 365 days a year or whatever, like how many times a week, um, that the wrestlers can actually sustain their careers like this. Because I mean, like, Sting's had a lot of time off from, like, uh, I don't know when, like last time he was in WWE, but... Uh, to be a 62 and still doing this, it's it's amazing. Well, it's why Jericho only wrestles a certain amount yeah. of matches every year too. You know, they're also not doing uh, like house show matches. I guess besides is Rampage. No, Rampage. No, none of these are. If they're filmed, they're not considered house shows. Right. So I guess if they're not on TV. But same thing with Daniel Bryan though. He also wanted a smaller schedule and. You know, preserve his body. WWE would say he's injured, injury prone, but right. Because I mean, even if you do really, that's... dynamite, then you're only doing once a week, really, and you're not wrestling every week. So no, and they have four pay per views a year. Yeah. That that's kind of the cool thing with this is that they don't have to wrestle every week, but if they're just on the show, even if it's just like a in ring segment or something. You can still keep well, pushing the storyline, still get your character over without having to put your body through every like that many matches throughout the year. Yeah, I know you don't want to see Tully wrestle, but for any of the young fans okay. listening, if you want to see Tully wrestle, log on to your Peacock. It's <laughs> 1985 Starcade. It is the it's Magnum TA versus Tully Blanchard for the NWA United States Heavyweight Championship, and it is blood and guts and violent, and you can go see how awesome Tully Blanchard was as a young wrestler. Because I, I don't think a lot of people even know... There's probably fans, because look, I I know who he is because I went back and watched wrestling from before I was born and got really into the history of wrestling. But I'm sure there's even, like, even in the Attitude Era, there are, you know, somebody knew who Stone Cold Steve Austin was, but didn't know who a guy like Tully Blanchard was. So I just wanted on the show to every now and then, if they have one of these legends on here, you could point out to something cool that somebody could go watch and check them out. Well, you are the guy to go to for that. I mean, God knows you've shown me so many matches I've never even heard of. I'll just be like, has this guy ever wrestled this person? You're like, 
Dude, you have to go back to 88. <laughs> like, all right. <laughs> yeah. I love it. So our... What did you think about Kelly selling that punch from Sting? <sighs> it didn't look I'll great. I'll leave it at that. That breath, yeah. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> That was at the spot when Sting almost ran into Tully's chair that he put there in the corner. So if you want to see Tully sell a punch good, go back to 1985. (laughs) So our main event of the show, after the Sting and Darby match, was Ruby Soho versus Britt Baker for the AW Women's Championship. Ruby's getting that championship opportunity that she won in the Casino Battle Royale from All Out. Throughout the match, Britt Baker worked Ruby's shoulders, but in the end, the winner was Britt Baker. Jamie Hayter stunned Ruby on the ropes while the ref was distracted, and Britt Baker submitted her with the lockjaw. I'm not mad at the decision whatsoever. I think it's still smart to keep the belt on Baker, but you know you got to see what what Ruby can do in the ring with someone that is the champion, and. She's popular enough. You don't have to have her win right away. And I think they said it. Yeah, it had been 115 days. Britt's been champion. I think she should be champion a little bit longer. She's from the beginning. I've looked at her, even though there's been other champions before. I always looked at her as the face of the women's division. She was always in one of the main spots. What you guys think? It was the right decision to keep the belt on uh, Britt Baker. Uh, she is like another star stardom level of women's wrestlers for AEW right now. Uh, like you said, she's the face of women's wrestling for AEW. Wanted Ruby Soho to win like so bad, but then I re- like I know that it's not the right time for her, and probably might be Thunder Rosa uh, who takes it from Britt Baker, just because they had that great like kind of hardcore match earlier in the year. So. I feel like they're they're going that direction instead. Ruby will definitely get it eventually. It's just right now, I I don't think she doesn't need it. And and one thing I think for her, she's so over for her finisher. It seems like she, I like I like the finisher, but it seems like it needs something. More a lot of people it. don't. Yeah, I know. If you read comments on Instagram, a lot of people hate her finisher. It needs say something it's more to it though, because it's kinda it's, like, it's that kick, right? Yeah, it's like the kick to the to the face. Yeah, it just yeah. needs something more to it because it just feels like a re- normal kick like um, like anyone else does. Yeah, I didn't realize it was her finisher until the announcer said something. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I just thought it was just like a regular kick. Yeah, it, just, like, it needs to like, have like, space, it's not like a super kick where, you know, it has impact or that sound. No, it's like she did it out of nowhere too. There was no like build up for it that you could like, she didn't like tease it or anything, yeah. or drag it out a little bit. It was just, like, very quick, and, and then that's what was like. Yeah, that's the only one thing oh, that she I, hit her with. That hopefully she works on, or they come up with something different for her. I, I gotta say that wrestling Twitter really bummed me out with this match. Like, I thought it was a good match. I didn't see what, what was wrong with it. People on Twitter were talking about how it was sucked. I was like, y'all are crazy. I didn't watch the same match that whoever, and I saw a bunch of people saying that. People saying that Ruby shouldn't have been in this match. I was like, where is all this coming from? Because I watched the same show, and I felt like it was... I mean, it's hard to main event that show, but I thought they did a really good job. 
The fans were into it. I mean, the ones that were there liked Ruby and were cheering and also, for also, don't forget, it's a New York crowd, the most, like, intense of wrestling fans, probably besides, like, Philly. And they're going to – it's more fun for them to cheer for Britt Baker than it is to cheer for Ruby Soho. So, in a normal – not a normal, but in a different area, I think you'd see Ruby Soho being the clear baby face. But – in New York, with that type of crowd, yeah, they like the they like to cheer that kind of stuff. It's more it's more fun. Yeah, I like both women, and I in the end I was fine with either one uh, winning. I know I I said that I think it's a smart decision that they kept it on Britt Baker, but I wouldn't have been mad if if Ruby had won. I like I like both women. Uh, I think they're both they're both some of the best talent in AEW's women's division right now. Which is crazy because you see how good Ruby Zoho is. Her what? Her actual first match, really one-on-one match outside of WWE, and it's such a difference from anything she's done there. Oh my god, completely! It's like a one eighty. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was the main event of the show. Is there any uh, stuff for next or for uh, for any predictions that you want to go over for? tomorrow's show so i want to i want to cover if you're listening it's tonight i want to so just our shows come out on friday if you're listening now it's tonight so i just want to go over what tonight's grand slam card for aw rampages now i don't know if this is the order that it'll happen but we have anna J versus penelope ford we have lucha brothers and santana ortiz versus private party and the butcher and the blade Men of the Year, which is Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page, against Chris Jericho and Jake Hager. We have Adam Cole teaming up with the Young Bucks versus Christian Cage and Jurassic Express. Powerhouse Hobbs versus CM Punk. And then we have a Lights Out match, which is Eddie Kingston and John Moxley versus Suzuki Goon, which is made up of Minaro Suzuki and Lance Archer. So that's tonight's technically tonight's card but we do have a few minutes left and i wanted to go over extreme rules for this sunday and just the card and maybe some predictions by you guys what do you think let's go over yeah maybe just like the like the main the main matches of the show like the the main events okay um so I'm going to go over just some of the title matches and stuff so we have the united states championship match damian priest versus sheamus versus jeff hardy I'm going to go with Damian Priest. I think he, he returned, retains the title. Yeah, I'm going the same. I think probably Hardy's going to take the pin, I think. It's because of why they added him. I think that's why he added, they <laughs> added him to the match, unfortunately. You know, but I, I, I think it would be a bad time to take the belt yeah. off of Priest. Uh, I'm going to go Sheamus. Wild card. Wild card. You think he takes it back? He lost yeah, it at SummerSlam. You think he's going to get back? How many U.S. titles did that be for him? <laughs> oh, God, I don't know. <laughs> 16 <laughs> times. <laughs> Woo! All right, what's next? Woo. We have the Raw Women's... <laughs> we have the Raw Women's Championship. Charlotte Flair versus Alexa Bliss. I think I'm going to go with Alexa Bliss on this one. They've been pushing her and pushing her. Yeah, I don't want to, but I'm going with Alexa Bliss, too. Her character was really good when Bray Wyatt was there, and 
them kind of having that dynamic, but what they made her into now, I'm like, I don't, I don't understand this. Did that, you guys hear their promo? You, yeah. yeah. This week? It was actually really good. Did you hear that? I don't. Was it the same one? Where Apparently it's not true. Okay, so that's, that's rumor innuendo. You're talking about fans leaving? Yeah, the fans leaving. That's not real. Apparently, apparently other fans that were there are coming out and being like, I don't know what you're talking about. So, so this is just I don't know like how it started. Up. Yeah, that's crazy. Because when I watched this, uh, I watched it the next day, actually. I thought it was actually really good, and I couldn't understand why people would walk out of it. At one point, Alexa, they were taking jabs at each other. It, it was one of Charlotte's better promos, too. Alexa was saying, you know, basically how Charlotte Flair is not original and she has to steal the gimmick from her her father. And then Charlotte Flair is like, you're going to talk to me about stealing gimmicks? And then the crowd was just like, oh. Yes. <laughs> so that was just one of the one of the things from there. But, I, th- I you know, it, it got me more into their feud. I wasn't that into it beforehand. And then this Alexa Playground segment from Raw uh, sold it a little bit more for me. Right. Another match I want to know what you guys think. Oh, wait, Tim, who do you have the, as the winner for the Raw Women's Champion? Shit. Got to go with my girl Charlotte. She don't yeah. lose. So next match I want to see what you guys, your guys' thoughts are is a match that we should have gotten. I mean, I, I we should have gotten at SummerSlam. I get now what they were getting to. They wanted Becky to become more and more of a heel. But... We have Becky Lynch versus Bianca Belair for the SmackDown Women's Championship. I'm saying Becky retains the title. I'm hoping it's a really good match. I mean, that's all I really want out of it. Just to show that Bianca doesn't have to get squashed and that she can go toe-to-toe with Becky. Yeah, the match that they should have had at SummerSlam. Um, Exactly. But yeah, I'm going with Becky, too. They like Becky too much anyways. I don't think they're going to take it off of her and especially since she's like a proven draw right now yeah they i mean that's their star she's the most popular women's wrestler in wwe at the moment uh across the board i'm i'm picking becky as well so lastly we have our main event which is going to be roman reigns versus the demon finn balor for the universal championship now before i get into this i don't even know if it's been announced on tv Maybe it has, maybe it hasn't. This is the only match on the card with a stipulation. It's an Extreme Rules match. I don't know if they didn't realize that all these matches they were making over the past few weeks, none of them had a single stipulation for an Extreme Rules pay-per-view. But they threw this on last minute. So that's just what it is for this match. Maybe, I mean, I think it's a smart decision, though. I think it... I'll tell you why. I think Roman Reigns is going to win, but by it being an Extreme Rules match, it also protects the Demon's win streak of not losing, or not, yeah, not losing clean. Yeah, if he gets crushed with a chair a bunch of times, it's not the same as losing to a Superman punch, one, two, three. Exactly. So then they can keep the Demon, you know, undefeated streak going. And it, you know, doesn't hurt either guy. But I think, are we all in agreement? Roman Reigns is going to retain the title in this match. Hundred percent. Yeah, especially that they've since they've already booked Crown Jewel Roman Reigns versus Brock yeah. Lesnar. I was gonna say Roman that. is awesome. I love Roman. 
I like the bloodline. That whole gimmick is. Me too. Is, yeah. He's awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's it's funny. I know they like to say like, well, it could change, but it nine out of ten times it never does. <laughs> right. Yeah. Brock Lesnar ain't yet. coming back to do a non-title match <laughs> or to fight Finn Balor, <laughs> which was a great match. Huh? Yeah, I, yeah, I it feel would like be a great match. Yes, they have. He's never wrestled him. Oh wait, yes they did. It was a uh, was it at the Rumble? Yeah, and it was good. Brock killed it with AJ too. He's had some bangers. Daniel Bryan too. And Eddie Guerrero. That was yeah, like 20 right. years ago, but still. The old school wrestler. Go check I'm out 1965. <laughs> 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 I sounded like the million dollar man right there. It was like an evil cackle. That pay-per-view is Sunday on Peacock, so we'll talk about it next week, I'm sure. All right, before we close out the show, let's just go through a couple predictions for Rampage. Andy, take us through. So for Anna Jay and Penelope Ford, I think Anna Jay is going to win since she just came back. You know, I think it'd be good for her. How about you, Jeremy? Yeah, so I'm going with Anna Jay because she already went through uh, Bunny before, and now she's going to go through Penelope Ford. And kind of, I think she's going to probably get a title match pretty soon. Kind of one of those title matches on Dynamite. Just, uh, probably not going to win it, but at least get into the main event spot. Uh, I'm also going to go with Anna Jay. Then we have the Lucha Brothers and Santana Ortiz versus Private Party, the Butcher and the Blade. I think I'm going to go with Private Party and Butcher and the Blade. They just lost. Matt Hardy, J- Matt HFO just lost like two matches. Really? Uh, on Rampage. I was gonna say they're. I don't. But they never win anything. Hey, hey, maybe I'm the odd man out. All Everyone right. who has Matt Hardy as their like, whatever you know, call him manager, I guess, they lose every single match. So I'm gonna go with Lucha Bros. <laughs> hey, it's my prediction, guys. <laughs> So what, you're going with Lucha Brothers and Santana yeah. Ortiz? Yeah, I'm going with them. I mean, I want to see them win. I'm just saying, I think, <laughs> yeah. Private Party and Butcher and Blade. What about you, Tim? Um, Yeah, I, I agree with you, Andy. Then we have uh, the man, Men of the Year, Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page versus Chris Jericho and Jake Hager. I'm going Men of the Year. I'm going Men of the Year, too. Chris Jericho and Jake Hager. They're going to have the MMA guys out there. No way. They haven't wrestled on, no on TV in a while. I've, I mean, no I feel way. like... You know, maybe give them a win. Yeah. Jericho's going to make both these guys tap simultaneously. <laughs> if anything, he's going to give them the Judas effect. He's in, he hasn't done the balls of Jericho except for, like, except one time recently. Made, except when he except made Except for, like, one time tap. recently. Yeah, one time recently. Other than that, he's been strictly doing the Judas effect. Well, they're going to have, you know, Jorge uh, Masvidal out there as well, I think, and, like, all those other MMA guys. Yeah, I think last week they had Junior Dos Santos and Robbie Lawler. All right, so what's next? Adam Cole and the Young Bucks versus Christian Cage and Jurassic Express. I'm going with the Elite. I'm going with the Super Quick. Also the Elite. Is that that what (laughs) you're calling him, the Super Click? Is that what they call themselves? Is that a new name? Yeah, that's what Adam Cole just said that last time. I'm going with the... Elite. D. D. Elite. You have to. 
So those, like those, those EVPs ain't losing. Come on. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, you have brand new Adam Cole coming in, you know. Maybe too quick to see him lose. Next, we got Powerhouse Hobbs with Hook versus CM Punk. Send Hook. Send Hook. I'm going with Punk. I mean, yeah, come on. I'm going with Punk, but do you think Hook is going to do anything? Except except being sent? <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't know. He might interfere or something. Or is he going to interfere by just standing on the apron just looking at the guy? His big poofy hair. He's like yeah. 17 like looking. Just trying to be medicine. <laughs> no, all right. Hang on. He'll probably be good. <laughs> all right. No, I'm sure Hook's cool. Hook, you're cool, bro. Fist bump. But, uh, no, I've got to go. listening to this yeah, right now. Right. I'm sure he cares. Um, <laughs> for his favorite. <laughs> I'm going punk. Our main event is the Lights Out match with Eddie Kingston and John Moxley versus Minoru Suzuki and Lance Archer. Now, when it's a Lights Out match, that's just like AEW's not responsible for what happened. So it's going to be some kind of like. It's their version of the non-sanctioned. match, hardcore, street. Yeah, street fight kind of thing. Okay. And it doesn't count on your record. Yeah, either. exactly, exactly. It's a, it's a non sanction basically. I'm going Eddie Kingston and John Moxley on this one. Uh, yeah, I'm going the same. I, I think they're going to win. And also Moxley is just, he's probably going to do some crazy stuff. I said a couple episodes ago, I really like them as a tag. It's awesome. I'm going to go uh, with them also. I mean, And like I said momentums. last episode or two episodes ago, should have watched during more during the pandemic right. era. Yeah, and yeah, I, they were teaming like every week. Yeah, people were like, "You're not a real fan." Didn't watch after uh, yeah, Kingston saved him from those fireworks. Sparklers. Yeah, really. that's there right. was some from some okay, sparklers. Okay, well, I saw that. I saw that because that was like the talk of wrestling about how he it poofed. He covered him when it, yeah it was supposed to be a a big <laughs> explosion and it went poof instead. So that covers. Technically, tonight's AW Rampage Grand Slam show. It's going to be a two-hour show, unlike its a uh, normal schedule of just one hour. So yeah, we I'm got looking for a two-hour show. All right, so that is our review for AEW Rampage. Uh, we're going to close out the show here, guys. Please follow us on social media. For Twitter, follow us at the PW Fan. For Instagram, follow us at the PW Fan. For Andy's Funko Pop Collection, follow at the 410 Fan Bros on Instagram. Please like and subscribe to the PW Fan on our YouTube channel where full episodes of the show are available. Thanks for listening and join us next week where we talk all things wrestling. Bye bye, everybody.